What's up, everyone? Tara Roberts here, and welcome into the Dear Miss Fantasy show for week 12. We are the official mailbag show for player profilers. Super proud of that. Um, before we get started, um, as always, if you are listening to the podcast version, um, be sure to subscribe. Always like the subscriptions there. If you are listening to um, this on YouTube, obviously make sure that you like the video and make sure that you're commenting after the video as well. Drop me any questions. If you put any start sit questions in the comments, um, I promise I will answer them. <laughs> and um, drop me any comments about the show. Let me know what you think. Anything you want me to include, 100%. Um, I like to go back and look at the comments because I'm a weirdo who does that on literally every single video that I do. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> but let's go ahead and get started and make sure that you're subscribed to Player Profiler because obviously there's like 5,000 fantastic shows, um, content coming at you constantly. So why would you not subscribe? All right, we're going to go ahead and dive in because as I have said before, uh, today I am super pressed on time. And usually when I say that, um, I end up going over and um, screw it up the rest of my day. So we're going to try not to do that and not to go over here. But, um, you know, I can't control myself. I love to talk. Um, podcasting was literally just the perfect thing for me because I just love to talk by myself. But we're going to go ahead and get started and see if we can actually hold this to 30 minutes. Probably not, but we're going to try. Um, it's Thanksgiving week. So I thought that we would do a um, Thanksgiving themed Thanksgiving themed episode here of everything that I am thankful for. Um, and I'll start off with the big thing. Usually I like bury the lead and talk about a few things and then go into it. No, I'm just going to go with the lead right here off the bat. I am thankful for Tank Dell and CJ Stroud. Um, oh, I am so thankful. Um, I'm not thankful for the fact that I only managed one dynasty share of Tank Dell. Um, and I knew that I wanted him 5,000 times over. That was the goal. But I just tried harder and I'm going to hate myself forever for that one. Um, but I did get the one and he is literally helping me so much in a league where I am just like, I don't know about you guys. Um, and, <laughs> and it's funny because I just saw like a comment on this um, points allowed. Like, let's say like I've got a dynasty league and it's an IDP league and I am in eighth place right now. And I'm convinced that I am a contender and I'm still pushing for it because I think I can get to that six seed and I think that I can get in and I think that I could win. Because when I look at my roster, like, man, my roster is stacked. We're a little shaky at quarterback. It's super flex lead. We're a little shaky at quarterback. And um, unfortunately, Montez Sweat being traded to Chicago like killed me killed me um in his idp value <sighs> so frustrating but um jonathan taylor keenan allen debo samuel cd lamb hollywood tank dell i mean i'm like i'm like stagged i'm missing somebody else um stacked at receiver and and i know everyone says i'm always i'm, I'm best in the league and points allowed and usually if you know you're, you're like you know looking at that and you're saying i've got you know the most points scored against me it's usually because you're like a bad team therefore all the good teams are scoring points against you but i'm like in that weird middle ground where i have legitimately like significantly more points than like three teams ahead of me not at the top teams and i feel like that's what legitimizes it is that like if it, it would be weird if you were just like scoring above the top teams and you were just down at eighth, but I've got like three teams ahead of me where I know I can beat them. I know I can, like, I know, I know, no, 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 no. And I have like significantly more points than them and I'm just pushing forward, man. And Tank Dell is helping me out. I have decided I'm no longer starting a quarterback in my second super flex spot. Um, we are just rolling with like, because um, <laughs> I've got like Matt Stafford and Jordan Love. You know, this rambling is always why the show goes long. Um, Matt Stafford, Jordan Love and um, <clears throat> somebody, else, Derek Carr. 
um, which was not by choice. I traded away Kirk Cousins for a first and got Derek Carr. Um, good trade, solid trade in terms of the output. I needed that first, but um, but yeah, man, I've I've decided Tank Dell is just too good to be able to manage. I've got too many receivers, so we're just foregoing that second quarterback and we're just rolling forward with my stud receivers, and it's working out. It is working out. We are on a roll. We are winning, and we're getting into the playoffs. I am so thankful for tank Dell. I have no shares of CJ Stroud because unfortunately I didn't have high enough picks for that in any of my leagues, but I am thankful for the world finally seeing what a true stud that tank Dell is. And this is not victory lapping. Cause I don't, I try not to do that for the most part, but this is just an appreciation for the smaller receivers. I always stand up for the smaller receivers. I'm five, two, five, three on a good day, but really five, two. And I stand up for the little shorties. <laughs> and, um, I'm just so happy that we're seeing this transition to smaller receivers not being avoided and not being pigeonholed and offensive coordinators actually knowing what to do with them and realizing that you don't have to like use them in a specific way. We're seeing every single year, these top receivers, they're getting shorter, they're getting thinner. You know, everyone was so, you know, Oh, Devonta Smith, he's so thin. He's not going to pan out. Now the thin receivers, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You're still taking Jordan Addison at the top because size doesn't matter. <laughs> so we are, we are thankful that the NFL is finally allowing the smaller receivers, the skinnier receivers and everything to shine and realize that they can actually thrive. And the Tank Dell's um, pick also, <clears throat> in terms of the thankfulness for CJ Stroud, it just goes to show the, show the true intelligence of CJ Stroud. It is not uncommon for quarterbacks to literally tell the front office in a draft, to tell the front office in a draft that they want to, you know, go no, go out and draft this specific player. I'm looking at you, Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> I'm looking at you. Um, but a quarterback demanding or, you know, saying we got to get this player doesn't guarantee that that player is actually going to hit. But CJ Stroud spent time with Tank Dell and he knew that was his guy. He knew that was his guy prior to the draft. And he then went out there and told his organization, this is the guy that we want to get. And the organization was smart enough to trust their new rookie quarterback. So I just, I just think it's truly something. And the way that this team is shaping out um, with D'Amico Ryan's leading the way, the defense, um, obviously it's got some things to work through, but he's done a good job and you can see the path for them. The offense coming together and you just love where this team is heading, heading to the playoffs, heading to the playoffs. Uh, and it's just wonderful here. Tank Dell has, <clears throat> excuse me. Tank Dell has every Thing. everything you need and that was when I, why he was one of my favorite prospects before the draft and even after the draft because he fell into a good situation right um but he has everything that you want in a receiver he's got the speed he's got the hands he got the crisp routes these are all the things that we would you know be thrilled if quentin johnson can give us can you give us some you know fantastic routes can you give us some hands can you give us that can you do that for us please but no all that Tank Dell has all that. He was literally the perfect receiver. He just lacked size. And it doesn't matter because we're seeing him pull through 42 receptions, 67 targets. That efficiency, come on. 659 yards, six touchdowns. These stats are eye-popping. Eye when you consider the fact that he left week five due to an injury and then missed week six, he is literally <laughs> wide receiver 16 in PPR. In total points, wide receiver 15 in average points per game. He's doing better than Devontae Adams, DK Metcalf, Chris Olave, all people that I love, but we just got to give the appreciation to 
Tank Dell in what he is. It's also important to note that Nico Collins is also wide receiver 17 in average points per game. CJ Stroud, QB7 in total points, QB6 in average points per game. He is above oh, pain. I love Lamar Jackson. He is above Lamar Jackson. Patrick Mahomes, Tua Tagovailoa. Like this is this is incredible. Now, and Stroud has been sloppy over the past two games for interceptions. Um, it only stands out really because he has literally a total of five receptions on the season compared to 17 touchdowns, the second most passing yards in the league. Um, I am done just praising the Texans offense because it is fantastic what they have been able to do. The talent is real and the future is bright. And I am thankful. Another thing that I am thankful for, we'll do these a little quicker since I've spent um, so much time speaking on the wonderfulness of Tank Dell and CJ Stroud. Um, <laughs> this one is a little more comical. Uh, I'm thankful for Matt Canada being fired. Oh, praise. <laughs> like, just like, I hate to be thankful for somebody losing their job, but man, this was a long time coming. I'm sorry. Like, if I'm bad at my job, fire me. Um, I'm perfectly fine with that. If I'm underperforming, cool, cool. I understand. Um, give me the notes to correct. If I don't correct, that's, you know, full goal, full go to fire me. Um, Matt Canada, this was a long time coming, man. Um, you were holding on to some stuff and it's time for Pittsburgh to let go. And they finally did. I'm so, so thankful. Um, it doesn't change the fact that Kenny Pickett is Kenny Pickett and is not, um, he ain't no CJ Stroud, unfortunately, but it does actually give us a chance to have some play calling that actually might, you know, be productive for the offense, right? Might actually score some points. Yeah. That would be wonderful to just have them be like, I don't know, somewhat competitive and somewhat able to provide us uh, fantasy points. So yeah. I am thankful for that. And I'm actually going <clears> to, <throat> I'm going to mix in a little one of the mailbag questions here because it is pertinent. Let me jump down to my mailbag questions. <clears throat> Drinking cold. It's like super cold. I should have worn a sweater, but it is like, it is cold in Houston today. I'm not a fan of that. Mm. Coffee, warm and good. All right. So I'm going to insert this mailbag question because it is very pertinent to, um, the topic of Matt Canada being fired. We got a question from Jason Quinn, um, 1992. Drop George Pickens. <clears throat> drop George Pickens or Kincaid. McBride. So drop King George Pickens or Kincaid or McBride for Cortland Sutton. You have, he has Kincaid and McBride rostered do both roster due to upcoming bye weeks, which makes sense. This is a, and I wanted to pull this one um, because it is a very nuanced question because of the buys. Kincaid has a week 13 buy and McBride has a week 14 buy. And because of Matt Canada being fired and because of the fact that Dawson Knox will be coming back at some point, there are a lot of aspects to this question. Now, right off the bat, I like Cortland Sutton more than I like George Pickens, regardless of the change with Matt Canada. Um, rest of season. Cortland touchdowns, touchdown dependence, Cortland, Cortland touchdowns, Cortland Sutton's touchdown dependency. Made, it's made it like theoretically difficult to trust him because you're looking at him and you're saying, well, I mean, he's touchdown dependent. If he doesn't get that touchdown, we're not, we're not feeling it. Um, but I think we need to stop looking at him as touchdown dependent and more so just straight up the only touchdown option for Russell Wilson. Jerry Judy ain't it. Steve Smith, he 
might've been harsh, but he didn't tell any lies, unfortunately. Um, I mean, just to explain how dire the situation is with Jerry Judy, I am in, in a dynasty league um, with uh, or managed by uh, Justin Boone from the score. And it is a, and this is like such a, I love leagues that have longer rot. Like I need like in general, even in redraft, like no matter what redraft dynasty, best ball, don't care. I want long, long starting lineups. And this is a um, starting lineup where you start, um, was it five or six? Dang it. No, I can't remember. It's literally on my Twitter. Um, I think it's, I can like verify super quickly. If it is five or six receivers, it is five receivers, <clears throat> five starting receivers and two flex, right? That's a hefty lineup and three. So just for again, just for reference, super flex, three starting running backs, five starting wide receivers and two flex positions plus tight end and defense. Um, we've gotten to the point where I looked at my roster and set it this week. Cause I love to set rosters early to kind of, you know, skirt by <clears throat> players being out and um, questionable. And I set my lineup this week and I legit like, yes, uh, Monday on Monday. And I legitimately sat there and said, <laughs> I, um, I can't start Jerry Judy anymore. I can't, I'm doubling up on tight end and I'm putting Isaiah likely into my flex. I cannot afford to start Jerry Judy anymore in a league that starts five wide receivers in a 12 team dynasty league. The math on that is terrifying when you think about it. And I am pretty deep at wide receiver compared to um, eh, compared to running back maybe, but even then, so it being even then, so just a little tilted towards wide receiver, the fact that a five <laughs> wide receiver lineup can afford to start say look at it and say i've got better options than jerry judy that says it all um courtland sutton is literally the star of that receiving core it's not going to change it's there's no threat of jerry judy the touchdowns are going through courtland sutton and we have to accept that so courtland sutton should not be waivers in any format he needs to be rostered we have to trust it i understand we've got skepticism around denver's offense and that is very understandable i'm not <clears throat> completely sold on russell wilson obviously but his connection with Cortland Sutton is very clear and that's not going to change the rest of the season. But the question here besides that, so we've already decided that we want Cortland Sutton on this roster for sure. So who are we dropping? Are we really holding on to two tight ends over a guy like George Pickens, who does have legitimate overall wide receiver one upside? Yes. Yes, we are. Absolutely. Um, yes. Um, I'm thrilled that Matt Canada has been fired again, but it doesn't change who Kenny Pickett is. And the offense can adjust a little bit, but at the end of the day, I don't know if we'll have the level of consistency that we want out of Cortland Sutton compared to Kincaid and Trey McBride. And that might seem, when you're thinking wide receiver to tight end, you might automatically say, no, give me the wide receiver. Here's the, here's the issue. Over the past four weeks, here's a fact. Both Kincaid and McBride in every single game, not average or anything like, you know, being trumped up by, you know, a massive performance by McBride. No, no, no. In every single game for the past four weeks, they have both outscored Pickens. That's that's enough of a sample size, even with the change for Matt Canada, just for me to say, no, I got to stick with those. I would feel more comfortable putting Kincaid into my lineup over George Pickens. Easy. It's not a question for me. I'm not, I would not, I'm super comfortable with doing that. 
Um, the only issue that we have with Kincaid is that his production could come down when Dawson Knox come back, but we haven't really seen that Dawson Knox has um, is coming back. This he's eligible this week that he's coming back. Um, so there might be some more time. And at the same time, I just don't see how you reduce his role, um, Kincaid's role. He's been so fantastic. So that is the only issue there. <clears throat> things I'm also thankful for. Um, well, I'm thankful for two more things. But before we move on to other things that I am thankful for. We are going to hear a word from our sponsors. It has been two years since Josh Larkey paved the way for fantasy gamers to start expecting positive returns from Pick'em games, specifically underdog Pick'ems. And how do you do it? Well, you look at the slate and you find a great shootout or a sneaky shootout. You also look for a shit show game. Three, four, five, six guys in one game. That's right. You can do it. You can do it. And you could 100x your payout on underdog. Think about week one. Jets-Bills was a shit show. Did we see the Aaron Rodgers injury coming? No, but we knew the Jets have a good defense. We knew the Bills have a good defense. Why not expect the worst? And the worst is what we got. So if you had gone Dalvin Cook less than, Garrett Wilson less than, Aaron Rodgers less than, Josh Allen less than, Gabriel Davis less than, boom, 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 boom. You can go six for six. Same thing in week two. Oh, week two. Well, sneaky shootout there in Philadelphia. Minnesota's going to be in comeback mode. So we'll go Cousins, Jefferson, Hawkinson, more than. Madison, less than. But also, Swift, more than. Boom, 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 boom. That's how you do it with the underdog pickums, And you use promo code UNDERWORLD to get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. You put in 100 underdog matches that deposit up to a hundred bucks with promo code underworld. Go start picking. All right. Um, oh, my camera's a little out of focus here. There we go. There we go. <clears throat> There's all that coffee I was drinking. I like to take the little ad break right there to just chug a ridiculous amount of coffee. Um, if you know me or if you even don't know me, um, good God, I drink coffee like it's, <laughs> like it's water. Um, it just, it tastes good. When I was, um, and I didn't get to do like when I was pregnant, um, and you're not supposed to like drink coffee and caffeine and stuff. Um, and I'd have like my one cup that you're allotted to have because you don't want to mess up the baby, you know, cause you gotta love your children or something. I don't know. Um, I would literally then after that, just drink a bunch of decaf <laughs> because I just needed the taste of coffee. That's so sad. That's so sad, but I would do it because I'm just like, mm. coffee, 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 coffee. All right. A couple more things that I am thankful for. I am thankful for Jordan Love actually taking advantage of a positive matchup. Um, it helps me not look like a fool because I, you know, spoke so glowingly of him all preseason. And hey, you know what, man? He's panned out. He's literally like, what, QB 13 or something like that? He is a French QB one um, after being literally like shunned in terms of ADP. So no, I, I, I do stand on business that I was correct on him. Only one I was not correct on in terms of that. I was correct on him. Uh, Dobbs, Reed, Musgrave, not Christian Watson. Christian Watson sold me. <laughs> oh, he sold me. Should know better. Uh, that's all right. I'm thankful for Jordan Love taking advantage of this positive matchup that he had in showcasing why 
He's a strong fantasy quarterback. And um, being a nice streaming option heading into um, oh, Thanksgiving. Um, I'm a Packers fan. Um, I'm not going to lie. Uh, there's no bias there. There was just analysis um, that came that had me come to the conclusion of the Packers all being above finishing above ADP. Um, but I'm not looking forward to that Thanksgiving game. I'm not going to lie. In the morning, I hope it's competitive. First of all, I'm in Central Time, so I'm just going to sit, what, 11 a.m. while I'm cooking? I got to watch the Packers and D20 game. Come on, man. <laughs> Help me out here. <laughs> but uh, but yes, I am, I'm thankful, and I do like Jordan Love as a streaming option this week because Detroit's defense has been a very quarterback-friendly defense in terms of giving up pass volume through the air. So he should be fine again this week as a streamer, one of my uh, top streamers of the week. And then I'm also thankful for Justin Herbert um, and Keenan Allen. That was another one right there that were two of my guys to start the season. Um, again, it just made like it just made so much sense. With the exception of one league where I stupidly drafted Trevor Lawrence because because um, <laughs> Justin Herbert was sniped from me, I made a decree in draft season I would not go further past um, Justin Herbert. That was my cutoff in terms of quarterbacks. And I targeted a lot of Justin Herbert and people just don't, I get that the team is terrible and I'm highly critical. I just wish Brandon Staley would be like, just drop kick to the shadow realm. Like, please, good Lord. Um, but I wish people appreciated Justin Herbert more and understood the level of product. He's QB three. Like <laughs> people look at Justin Herbert and the, the start sit questions that I get in terms of, am I starting um, such and such over, like, am I starting, um, what's one, what's one? Um, I don't know. I can't even think of one off the top of my head. Am I starting, you know, am I starting Gino over um, Justin Herbert? No, no, I don't care. Like, you're not, do not bench Justin Herbert. He is one of those quarterbacks that you're not benching. He is one of those quarterbacks that you are rolling out regardless of matchup. Keenan Allen has been fantastic. I'm just so, so grateful. Moving on to injuries, and we're going to go through these real quickly so we can get to some other uh, um, mailbag questions here and be efficient with our timing. Um, we're going to skip over the quarterbacks, really. The running backs, though. The running backs are the issue here. Kenneth Walker with the oblique injury. <sighs> That's frustrating. I mean, it's frustrating because it sounds like it's one where Pete Carroll is going to string us along in the kind of Pete Carrollish way that he has done so in the past. And I'm hoping that he he doesn't and that it's and that it's not a long, long, long term issue that you know takes him out for the remainder of the season. But obviously, Zach Sharp and I'm getting a lot of questions in terms of start sets and how much are we trusting him this week? It's a tough matchup. Not going to lie. It's a tough matchup, but he does have receiving upside. So when I'm looking at Zach Charbonnet this week, I'm trusting him as a top 20 running back um, with Kenneth Walker out. So I understand it's a difficult matchup. He has receiving upside. He should be fine to put up top 20 production. I don't know if I'm, if I believe he has that top 12 upside this week, um, but we can get him into the top 20 for sure. Um, other running back injuries. Devon Achan obviously is an issue as well. Um, and one we just got to monitor. It sounds like it's not as terrible as it could have been. Um, you know, at least Mike McDaniel, at least Mike McDaniel gives us information. That's one thing I'll say about him as a head coach. I mean, well, I, I don't have anything negative to say about Mike McDaniel. Love him as a head coach obsessed. 
Um, but one thing I especially love about him is that he's not going to dance around injuries. Thank you. Just give me, give like, be straightforward. Be straightforward. When he told us, like, prior that, you know, HM was going to be ready to play immediately after the IR, man of his word. So, yeah, I, I, that's one thing I love about him. So you just got to monitor this one, unfortunately. Maybe we do proceed with caution in terms of um, if and when he does play. That's the only thing. Um, just in, I don't know if the re-injury would happen twice, but you just got to be a little careful. Um, Aaron Jones is another one that is very irritating. A.J. Dillon, obviously, he's highly rostered, and there's nothing you can do to go out and grab him. And you shouldn't really want to. It's not like he's been the most. <laughs> it's not like he's been fantastic in relief of Aaron Jones. Let me not make myself laugh. Um, but do do pay attention. So Emmanuel Wilson is the third string running back. He separated his shoulder. Um, so that's something that we also have to follow there. They signed James Robinson as well to practice squad. And then obviously he'll, you know, should, I would assume that he would be utilized potentially. Cause I think he's probably been staying in shape and waiting for that opportunity. And he's been bouncing around and off and on of practice squads and whatnot. But, um, Patrick Taylor is Patrick Taylor. I think. I should have made that note and I should know that specifically as a Packers fan, but he was brought back to the Packers as well. That's someone who I could see having a greater impact than if you're looking and saying that you're going to go grab James Robinson and see where that goes. I think that Patrick Taylor would be the one that I would probably lean towards um, because he's been with the team before. Um, he knows the scheme uh, more comfortable with it. He's been utilized before. So that's probably the direction that I would lean if I were trying to take a deep league stab somewhere. All right. Um, let's see. The other one was Dante Foreman. I'm going to stay away from the wide receivers as well. Cause they're kind of like <coughs> ticky tacky things with Cooper cup. <clears throat> All right. Um, by the way, again, um, just a reminder, we talked about it earlier in the show um, in terms of making sure that you're following Player Profiler because obviously the content that comes out is constant, fantastic. Um, you could not ask for a channel to give you more volume and high quality content. Um, but also make sure that you are tuning in to, um, to The Dominator on Saturday night on the Player Profiler YouTube and Facebook only. Lineup questions submitted to Billy Musio and Bradley Stalter. And again, I, and I've said this before, um, the show runs at 9 p.m. EST, but um, I can speak glowingly of Billy. He has finished overall, um, first overall in the Fantasy Pros contest before. Um, he has, you know, he's a fantastic ranker. I have the pleasure of doing a ranking show with him on um, Fantasy Pros. And... Um, his process and everything. Um, you couldn't ask for someone to give you literal better start sits um, than Billy. And then Bradley Stalter as well has been excellent in terms of his um, rankings as well in the fantasy pros ranking contest. And um, you absolutely want your questions answered by these guys. So make sure that you are tuning in to that show and submitting them um, again, 9 PM EST submitting your questions ahead of time. So you can get in the chat and then Sunday, 12 p.m. EST, um, Player Profiler, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, um, Start Sit as well um, with some of your favorite content creators here. Um, so make sure that you're tuning in for that. And speaking of the Fantasy Bros um, rankings contest, I'm going to toot my horn, horn here a little bit um, because this is my, you know, obviously I've been, you know, 
doing um, fantasy football analysis and rankings for myself. Um, but this is my first for, you know, a while now, but this is my first year doing the actual fantasy pros contests, um, which would surprise you um, because I've been working with fantasy pros for several years or for a couple of years, several, I don't know, for several years now. <laughs> and, um, but I never felt like I had the time to be able to truly like dedicate myself to um, the rankings and being accurate and whatnot and, and um, just because of the timing of it. And it's not easy. It's really not easy at all. And so uh, it's been taking a while for me to kind of get used to the nuances of the contest rankings and everything that goes into it. And I want to toot my horn here for one second and say that I finished fourth in the week 11, um, specifically for quarterbacks, I finished fourth in the quarterback rankings. That is the highest finish, the highest finish that I have had. Um, and I'm proud of myself. I am proud of myself because I took some, um, some creative liberties <laughs> at quarterback and it paid off. And so, um, yeah, that's, it's so hard to do that contest. The rankings are difficult, man. They're difficult because being just, you know, 10 spots too low on a player or 10 spots too high on a player can absolutely kill you. It can kill your rankings. So it's very nuanced and um, I'm happy. So yay. <laughs> Finally. Finally is a bad one. <laughs> Would have been a better week if defense didn't sell me, but something weird happened. I don't know what if I was not like um, something weird happened on defense. I'm not going to lie. Um, But yeah, overall. Yay. Good week. Good week. All right. We're going to wrap things up with a couple more mailbag questions here. Um, from Matthew, if you had to rank these three QBs for week 13 right now, for week um, 13 right now, how would you rank these quarterbacks? Um, and the quarterbacks are Jake Browning, Geno Smith, and Will Levis. Um <clears throat> So <laughs> it makes me wildly uncomfortable to trust. And week 13 is an interesting one, right? Because um, there are, and by the way, like, and um, I have a, I have content on my Twitter as well. If you want to um, go over there and check that out in terms of um, week 13 as well, because this is an excellent time for you to prepare <clears throat> and roster players for week 13 ahead of time. Because there are six teams on a butt dreaded week 13. I swear, um, Roger Goodell just doesn't care about us, man. He just doesn't care about us. 13, six teams on a bye in week 13 when we are trying to fight to get into our fantasy playoffs. Roger, have a heart. Care about us. We're driving your revenue. Come on. We don't need that kind of drama. Put it, put it in week eight. Do something like just <laughs> Can we please, please not do this Two two teams on by in week 14. That sucks. But, um, week 13, six teams, that's evil, 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 evil is there's literally four starting quarterbacks, um, in that, um, that are on a bye week, um, top receivers, running backs galore. It's just like, it's not right. It's not right. It's going to be a struggle for people. I cannot wait to see people's week 13 starts at questions. Um, and we already got this one right here. Um, Jake Browning, Gino and Will Levis. So Jake Browning um, in week 13 <clears throat> is facing Jacksonville. Excellent matchup, obviously. Geno Smith is facing Dallas. Terrible matchup. 
And then and Will Levis is facing Indianapolis. Excellent matchup. Um, let's start off with Jake Browning. Jake Browning is very interesting because it makes me wildly uncomfortable trusting a guy who has thrown just literally eight career passes and all of those passes came last week. <laughs> but I think we'll learn a lot this week in terms of his um, performance against Pittsburgh. Because the thing that interests me about Jake Browning is that I I put in a claim, and I'll know here in a little bit. Um, I put in a claim for Jake Browning. I went all in, all in on Jake Browning for him because he's going to be rest of season. And when you look at him, I think it's a lot different than looking at a player like Tommy DeVito. Um, <clears throat> because first of all, Tommy DeVito wasn't actually the backup quarterback. But Tommy DeVito has the same issue Daniel Jones has. No talent other than Saquon Barkley. Jake Browning, on the other hand, has the pleasure of throwing to one of the best receiving cores in the league. Provided we get a healthy T Higgins at some point, but even um, Tyler Boyd, obviously, like literally in terms of an actual wide receiver three in real NFL, um, you cannot ask for a better wide receiver three, clearly. Um, so he has true talent that he is throwing to. Um, it's more akin to the Aiden O'Connell situation, but in a no, no, now Aiden O'Connell situation is a better coach team, but a more akin to a um, better situation um, here in Cincinnati for Jake Browning because of coaching as well. So when you look at that, if we see him have a decent game against Pittsburgh, which is a it's an inconsistent but difficult ish matchup and it's a divisional matchup in your first career start, if he does well. I can lean towards Jake Browning as being the guy that I would want to start. And then you also have Will Levis, who is incredibly interesting, right? Um, because Levis is incredibly interesting because we saw him have that, you know, we know he has the capabilities. I don't think that the four touchdown game was random. I think that was raw capabilities coming through. And I think they exist. He's working through his rookie issues. And we did see improvement last week. It was far better than the pre previous two games. Um, 13 completions, 17 attempts. It was very low volume. But, you know, he was efficient. He had a couple touchdowns. Um, so it was good progress here. And the matchup is, it's a good matchup against Indianapolis. So, honestly, I don't know if I can trust Geno Smith over two of those guys. I think that in terms of which one that I am ranking at least one of them ahead of him. <clears throat> and depending on how Jake Browning does, it could be Jake Browning. I could look at this and say Jake Browning and then Geno Smith and then Will Levis. But honestly, I could look at this genuinely and lean towards, and I don't like, you know, I can't do my week 13 rankings in advance, particularly with not knowing <clears throat> what's going on with um, Geno's elbow and then Jake Browning. Like we'll, we'll see Geno and see, exactly what his elbow is going to look like. But um, yeah, off the, off the rep, off the bat here, I could rank this Jake Browning, Will Levis, and Geno Smith because I, and I think that might've been, I talked about the fantasy pros rankings and I think me selling Geno Smith obviously might've played a big, I might've hit Geno Smith very well in that contest. That might've been the ones that, one of the ones that carried me over because <clears throat> again, and I was also, um, no, I think everything was, everyone was kind of bullish on Lamar, but um. Gino Smith, I just can't trust him. You get one excellent matchup. You have had two fantasy point or fantasy performances above 20 fantasy points. That's it. 
He's been selling us all season long. The Seahawks are fine. They're probably going to make the playoffs and Jada is going to get them to a similar position. But from a fantasy perspective, I cannot trust him. He is not giving us the output that he was giving us last year. And I don't see it changing. And especially against Dallas. <laughs> Maybe he has to throw for volume in order to keep up with them. That's, that's, that's very possible. Because it's not as if you want to run on Dallas. So maybe that's where you can see Geno sneaking into um, being the second-ranked quarterback. But if Jake Browning has a good game, that's probably the one that I would rank first. Crazy, but true. Um, and then the same, uh, Matthew also had a second question. Would you drop um, <clears throat> Would you drop Hunt and Ty Chandler? Jesus, I can't read. Would you drop Hunt for Ty Chandler and Charbonnet? And then start Charbonnet over Hopkins or Downs. And you have Justin Jefferson obviously coming down to a true game time decision. <clears throat> um, yeah, I would I would drop Hunt for Charbonnet. Ty Chandler, who I like as well. This is not a fade on Ty Chandler. But I think I would kind of lean towards Charbonnet because it's very possible that this oblique injury carries out longer than we would hope. And... Charbonnet might have the most value. So yes, I would I would do that for Charbonnet for sure. And then starting Charbonnet over Hopkins or Downs. No, because of the matchup, I would probably still um, start Hopkins. But it's close. It is very, very close. I mentioned earlier, he does still have those receiving guards, those receiving upside. So it is very close. But yes, absolutely. I would 100% grab um, Charbonnet and drop Hunt. Uh, question. Then we're going to do, we're going to close out here with some start sit questions, which I like. So if we, um, I think I'm going to change and start doing this more because we've been doing more mailbag questions of, <clears throat> you know, more strategy, right? Um, ads, drops, you know, trades, rest of season questions, stuff like that, which is always good, but I love some good start sit. So we're going to do start sit questions here and they're easy to pump out, right? They're easy to pump out in terms of putting them in here. And, um, I do multiple start sit lives every single week, um, from Adam Zen master. I need to start three out of these four Gibbs, Montgomery, Dell, and Josh Jacobs currently have Gibbs, Montgomery, and Dell in the lineup. That is exactly how I would do it. I would sit Josh Jacobs against Kansas City. Difficult matchup. I think he will see volume for sure. And um, we did see that Swift obviously have a strong game. So if you're pushing volume, you can technically run on Kansas City if you've got the talent to do so. But when you've got Gibbs, Montgomery, and Dell, you might just want to take the lead, the path of least resistance and just go ahead and sit Jacobs. From at Wonka Newsome, Wonka Newsome, <laughs> from at Wonka Newsome. Start two, half PPR. Swift, Hall, Pacheco, Warren. I would start, and this may be a little bit controversial here, um, because Brees has kind of been not his fault, but he's been a little bit disappointing. Now, last week really wasn't that bad, but he's been a little bit disappointing, um, obviously in terms of his output due to <laughs> the quarterback situation there. And now we've got Tim Boyle at quarterback, which is not the solution. It's not the solution, but the Jets can't do anything about that now. So it is what it is. They've made their bed and now they're going to line it. Um, <laughs> I would start Brees Hall though. I like the matchup for him. And then I would start Swift as well. Warren is fine, obviously, but I just, I, I just personally lean towards Swift and Hall. Um, love Pacheco again, but he's definitely the guy that falls actually behind all of these guys. Um, from at Cool Keith, do you think Isaiah likely is worth a waiver claim? Absolutely. He is my number one tight end waiver claim of the week. I will be starting him in two leagues for sure. Maybe a third if I can grab him, but um, for sure starting um, 
Isaiah likely. Absolutely. This week, um, strong waiver claim. We've seen the level. I should have had this, um, actually listed down, but we've actually seen, we've got a small sample size from 2022 of him, um, starting when Mark Andrews was out. There were two games back to back where Mark Andrews was out last year and Isaiah likely had a touchdown in both of them. And then there was a game at the end of the season where likely got the start and, um, had eight receptions, um, and a hundred yards. So yeah, absolutely. Tight end, tight end one. The production can absolutely be that he's someone who I'm definitely grabbing off waivers. And then question from Raina and a bunch of numbers. Half PPR. Um, actually, these are three questions. So first question, half PPR, Kyler or Fields? It is Kyler for me, and it is purely matchup based. Um, the only things that this could be, again, so we saw last week where, um, and I was right on my um, rankings, and that's also the one that probably helped me out there. Um, the way that I ranked Justin Fields, just a little bit higher in terms of um, his output. And I don't mind Justin Fields this week, but the only thing that I, Minnesota's defense is, it is tough. And I don't know, what we saw out of Justin Fields last week was great run volume, which will likely stick, but his passing yards were around 150. I don't know if I can trust I don't know if I can trust it to really improve against Minnesota's defense. So I think we're also continuing to look at him um, not having strong volume through the air and having that ground game that needs to, you know, push him over the fantasy edge. Kyler has a better matchup. Um, and I lean towards Kyler. Um, Pacheco. And I will say that it'll probably be ranked. I will rank it that way. I would anticipate that rankings in general will flip that around. I will say that, but I'm pretty confident in having uh, Kyler over Fields. Second part of that question, uh, second question from that uh, user is Warren Pacheco, Bijan, pick two. Um, again, this one might be a little controversial, but I am sitting Bijan against the New Orleans defense. Um, like Pacheco, like Warren, um, and Bijan is the one that is the riskier play there. And then the third part of this question, Olave, Diggs, Keenan Allen, or Reed... Um, the one that you got to sit, you got to pick three. So you're saying one, it is Reed, unfortunately. And I love Reed. Um, one of my, my top waiver wire ads behind Zach Charbonnet, if he's available, the only thing, um, which is, you know, one, because I do think that his rushing, <clears throat> his rushing usage is going to stick with, um, Aaron Jones out. So I do, I am very confident in Jaden Reed this week and moving forward, but compared to Olave, Diggs, and Keenan Allen. The only thing that might make me pivot away from Olave is maybe if Carr is Carr, if Carr plays and we find out that the shoulder is still an issue because he did play through. They said that like the shoulder wasn't the major issue. It's concussion that's the issue right now. But I don't know, man. He injured that shoulder and we saw him playing through that shoulder injury earlier in the season and the volume was terrible and Olave was awful. So just kind of pay attention to that and see if there's any shoulder issues with Derek Carr. Um, just keep your eye on that one. <clears throat> Obviously, if we get Jameis Winston at quarterback, it's a full go <laughs> on Chris Olave. So we're sitting read unless something um, weird happens there with Carr and the shoulder is an issue. And that wraps things up. Um, appreciate you all for joining in. Just some closing thoughts. If you have any questions, um, you can always hit me up on Twitter at it's Sarah time. You can tag me. Um, I try to respond to the best of my ability, um, on literally any day with the exception of Sunday. Sunday is the worst day to tag me because I'm, because I'm doing multiple, uh, live shows. But other than that, if you tag me the other day, I'll, I'll get to it. 
Um, and if you're listening again on the podcast version, make sure that you subscribe. That'd be greatly appreciated. If you're watching this on YouTube, um, like, subscribe, um, drop me a comment, all that good stuff. Other than that, good luck with your fantasy lineups. I will talk to you again next week.